0: and welcome
1: in everybody to the hear me out sports talk podcast we're back it is the first of july happy bobby bonia day to everyone who celebrates the fourth of july is coming up me and josh are back a lot to get to uh the bulls have made some moves. Zach just signed a max. We'll talk about that. College football. Schools are changing conferences. Uh both baseball teams suck. Uh the Bears, are they a bad football team? Nobody really knows. We'll talk about that and a lot more. All coming up next here on the Hear Me Out Sports Talk Podcast. <laughs> Josh, it has been three and a half months since we fired up the uh, the last podcast. So, how are you?
0: I'm doing all right, but we've been busy. It's not like we weren't doing anything <laughs> during that time.
1: True. This is true. We, we we were having we probably fun. talked every day for that last three and a half months.
0: Yeah, I mean, we 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 did some broadcasting. We just we just didn't have time <laughs> to just sit down in our basements or in our rooms and do do an hour of this so you can listen to us.
1: Yeah, for
0: all three people who do it. So,
1: uh, Josh, me and you both uh, very uh, into the college athletic game news yesterday out of the Big 10, where USC and UCLA in, I believe, 2024 is when it'll all be official. uh, They will be moving to the Big 10. We will have Big 10 after dark. I was cutting the grass when I saw Twitter blowing up, and I just needed to stop and just kind of process this because it started last year with teams moving into the SEC, and now it's the Big Ten. So, Josh, your just initial reaction?
0: My initial reaction is, why is USC and UCLA on my timeline on Twitter? And then I read the entire tweet, and I said, oh, my. Why? But then I thought about it. Money. I thought That's about money. it some more. Yeah. We, we talk about how it's all about the student-athletes, and – that's what the NCAA says. Student athletes, student athletes. It is further than someone did. It is about the same distance for Rutgers to go to to travel to Iceland than to for them to travel to UCLA for a game. Right. So, at what point are we saying, all right, let's just screw the entire student athletes uh, campaign that we have? We're going for the money, and everybody's going for the money, and. I like it. I I, like I texted you yesterday. I said, I hate it so much that I love it. I think it's the new era of college or college athletics. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I saw a tweet from somebody yesterday and said, don't be surprised. if Big Ten isn't done. I'm thinking in my eyes, Kansas and Iowa State are next to come to Big Ten. Yeah, well, this uh, this whole conference realignment conversation
1: really started last year on July 30th when it was announced that Oklahoma and Texas would be joining the SEC. But that starts effective July or July 1st of 2025. So this Big Ten realignment and, and it, it begs the question: Is Josh do conferences matter anymore?
0: Uh no really no. Well, no, well because, because there's going to be like two conferences by 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 probably 2030 we'll have a massive big 10 and a massive sec
1: yeah it would it, it kind of well because conferences uh, especially after you know because Oklahoma and Texas leaving the big 12 and heading over to the sec That was kind of like shocking, but it was also foreshadowing more schools just trying to go play better competition in other conferences. So we we all people saw this coming. I don't think I ever saw because we were texting about it last night with the whole Big Ten commercial, how they go through. uh, Greatest commercial ever made. Right. On the U.S. and, you know, that, you know, the elevated land and all the animations and cool stuff. Now you got to start on the West Coast with USC and UCLA.
0: Well, they did start at the Rose Bowl because that's where, like, the Big Ten sure. plays its ball game, So it, it makes a little bit of sense. Like, right. when I was going through it, I watched about 15 times last night. Only? Just weeping about it. And I, I thought, okay, it's at the Rose Bowl, so no drastic changes. Just you have to show something about the, the next group. But, Nick, this whole USC-UCLA coming into the Big Ten guarantees Indiana to play in the Rose Bowl. Oh, no. Guarantees them in the Rose Bowl Stadium. Does it, though? Does it does. You're going to play USC or UCLA at some point at UCLA in, in the Rose Bowl Stadium. And then another thing I saw this morning, actually, I don't know how much merit it has, is that after 2024, the Big Ten championship game for football, no. has the possibility to be no, moving to SoFi no. Stadium. No, stop this.
1: Stop this. I texted you this last night, and I will die on this hill. The Big Ten championship game needs to stay in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil, or if it were to move, it moves to the Bears' new stadium in Arlington Heights because Big Ten headquarters is in Chicago. Yes. You don't, you don't move it because USC and you don't shoot the messenger, man. No, 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 no. I, I get this. This is just my self-puck. right. You don't move it um, because, oh, you know, it's all so new and flashy. Yes, I understand that. But it's like you keep it where all of your teams are centralized. Just because two of your teams play in Los Angeles and Southern California doesn't mean you, ha- you have to move mountains to play your championship game there because it's the new, it's the cool toy that everybody wants to use. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, so like, so we're just going to have – there's going to be a point in time where there's going to be two really big conferences in the Big Ten and the SEC. Like, really? why do we need to move it? You, I, I, like, and I'm one of those people who's like, I like baseball the way it is, but I understand you want to make changes, right? But it's like, like so far, it's cool. Like, it's cool but don't move the big 10 championship out of the Midwest. Don't move
0: it out of Indy and move it to LA. The the, the thing I have and the big 10 already experienced this went with the experiment of this, having the big 10 basketball tournament in Madison square garden. And then again in uh, Washington, DC Xfinity center, not Xfinity center, right? Whatever the stadium in Washington, DC is the attendance was the lowest it's ever been. First of all, with, with Madison square garden, They had to move it up a whole week because the Big East has the rights to there during conference championship week. So that took away money. That took away attendance. It was a load of crap. Every time it's in Indy, I've been to the Big Ten tournament in Indy, I think three times now. It's a great crowd because you have – think about the teams that are near. Michigan, not a bad drive. Michigan State, not a bad drive. Illinois, a great drive. Indiana-Purdue, obviously, less than an hour away. Uh, Ohio State, just across the border. Northwest are not that bad, even though they don't show up because they're only there for the first day, that Wednesday, and nothing else. But it, it, it brings great crowds. And even in Chicago, it was a little bit, little off, wasn't a great crowd. But Indy brings it every single year. It's Like we were texting yesterday, it's the mecca for college sports. I don't understand why or how. Maybe because they don't have pro, like enough pro teams. They only have football and basketball. But they love college, bas- college sports there in, in Indy, and it needs to stay in Indy because that's where you get your crowds. You had Iowa and Michigan playing in the Big Ten championship game last year for football at Lucas Oil, sold out. You're going to have Iowa and Michigan play at SoFi Stadium? Right. Get out of here. It's going to be half full. Nobody in L.A., the L.A. market, it's going to take the L.A. market years to get into Big Ten football.
1: Now, hey, one, once Graham Mertz goes to USC and he just lights it up there, I mean, they're going to be sold. Well, think about it. Well, he probably but now. Be
0: there, but the well. Big Ten is the only conference, which this makes sense now. Is the only conference now that has a team in each of the three market biggest markets in the country. You have Rutgers, New Rutgers, York, basically. Yeah. You have Northwestern in Chicago. And now you New have York. USC and New US York. UCLA. In, What's that? Three of the four biggest TV markets? Yeah. In the country. And then yeah. someone said someone said, Oh, maybe. Colorado Boulder <laughs> to get Denver I'm like oh, okay come on nobody All in Colorado right. cares I I really I, I I thought I knew the I thought the Big Ten was gonna make a change I'm not gonna lie to you and some might say this is big you're gonna have to get a new book I have my book of the Big Ten uh, out right now but I really thought Kansas and Iowa State we're going to be those two teams that we're in. You got the Iowa State for football, and then you got Kansas for basketball. I know Kansas' football team really lacks – it's kind of like Indiana football at this point. No offense to Tom Allen and his Hoosiers, but we're waiting for basketball season. But think about it. Like, think about the matchups you have for football. Let's say Iowa State, Iowa, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Iowa State, Michigan. You have those great games. Basketball, you got Kansas, Michigan, Kansas, Illinois, Kansas, Indiana, Kansas, Michigan State, Kansas, Kansas, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Of, of course, Nick, of course. I'm not going to leave out – and Nebraska ball, too. I gotta, I can't leave them out. But you're just going to keep going west. You've, you've, you're going you're gonna to start going east west to east now. You're going to go get Boulder. You're mm-hmm. going to go – and then another thing is, Nick, and we're off the Big Ten now. I'm going to go – Big 12 needs to, like, start picking teams up because they're going to lose Kansas and <laughs> Iowa State pretty soon. Either they're going to fold as a conference or they got to go get Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado and bring them into the Big 12.
1: I, and and I think you could even, like, I know they're just very average to below average in terms of athletics, but Mizzou's right there in big 12 country. I mean, they're right there. It was That's like, what this I was is, thinking. yeah, th- this is where it, it, it's all stupid where it's like, you know, purists will say conferences once they started, you know, when, once the big 10 started accepting, you know, Maryland and Rutgers geography doesn't matter anymore. It's like, well, it, it should matter. Like, like I understand. Like, it should matter. Like, I understand. There's there's parts of competition, but it was like you can't possibly justify to me how Mizzou is better off in the SEC because that makes a whole lot of sense than in the Big Ten. Like, that's just one of the things. Like, like I understand. You know, there's money and different things at play here,
0: right? But it's like Mizzou money's the only thing at play here, huh? Money's the only thing that's
1: in yeah, play here. Right? It is. And Seriously. It, it, and it begs the question, Notre Dame's going to see all this money, right? They're going to see all these TV deals. They can't – I don't think they can possibly stay independent for much longer.
0: Mm-mm. They're not going to be in the ACC. They are They have to go to the Big Ten. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Because the ACC is going to start folding here soon because I saw something that North Carolina could be the next team to go somewhere. Florida State? Florida State would probably go to the SEC. Carolina would be up in the air between Big Ten. SEC yeah this is it's sad because this shouldn't be the case for basketball this is a strict football move here because someone said I know you I I know you I know you saw it on Twitter as well because I saw that you retweeted it but one source said we're nuking the Rose Bowl what's the point of the Rose Bowl because everyone's aiming for the playoff Right. It's all about and that that's what's going to frustrate me now. That they, think about the other sports other than football. Think about basketball, wrestling, you name it, soccer, baseball, softball, whatever. That's not benefiting them. You're going to have UCLA play in the Big Ten now for softball? They had a great competition on the West Coast on, in the Pac-12. Now they're going to go play Indiana? And right. the only the only tough team they'll play is a team that they beat by 10 runs in the Women's College World Series last week or two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, the, the quote you were talking about was written by Nicole Auerbach. She does great work college uh, covering college football and college athletics for the for the athletic. And the, he said uh, she cited a Big Ten source saying we're literally nuking the Rose Bowl. But what's the point of the Rose Bowl if the whole point is the playoff? And then it follows it up with the Pac-12 said it was an extremely surprised and disappointed by the news coming out of UCLA and USC on Thursday. The league reiterated its commitment to its existing schools and potential members to pioneer the future of college athletics together.
0: It's not the future of college athletics, it's the future of college football.
1: Yeah. And it's all about money. You nailed it. It's all about money. Where can schools go to make money? And if they make more money, they have more money to spend on NILs to get players.
0: I don't know if you saw it, Nick, but uh, Nick Saban was kind of right. I don't know if there, you saw the video of uh, Texas A&M assistant coach. He was taking recruits on the field. And he said the people behind these suites are the people that are going to get you all the money. Yeah. It's just it is what it is at this point. Yeah. It, I, it, as soon as that push came for NIL. And there's no rules on it. There's no guidelines. This is unprecedented. So here we are just going, all right, here we go, money. Mm-hmm. Money. Okay, everybody, run to the money. Well, because I saw
1: Forget something. Everything. Forget the past. Yeah, money. I, I saw some yesterday. I want to say it was Adam Rittenberg or Pete Thamel of ESPN. They had something where the Big Ten was going to negotiate um their new tv rights deal at the end of may i believe it was cuz that's when it kind of expired or when their window started to renegotiate and people were kind of like internally just asking the question why is this taking or like why haven't we heard any development on it it's because USC and UCLA are going to be part of it so that just means more
0: money in I don't know why I'm. I should not be this frustrated about the, this whole college, this whole USC UCLA thing. But it's ruining the other sports just so we can have college football. And then we texted Nick. Think about it. You're gonna have a a big game. So think about it. Ohio State USC playoff implications on the line. We're playing at. You were playing at USC. It's going to be a primetime game. Oh, nothing's better than a 10:30 Eastern start.
1: Big 10 after dark. It,
0: it, just, it makes no sense to me why we're changing everything for football. And, but now, now I'm going to go a little unserious here. Is the Big 10 the Conference of Champions now, Mr. Bill Walden? Yeah, because UCLA yeah. was the only reason he was calling it the Conference of Champions. Yeah. And so,
1: so now UCLA and USC coming into the Big Ten opens new question, like you said. Kansas, Iowa State, Notre Dame. I, I think that's, that's the next school to officially join a conference because they were in what, the ACC? They only did that for 2020 or because of COVID or the pandemic or whatever. So they joined the ACC because, you know, teams couldn't travel apparently and, you know, had to play conference-only schedules and in front of no fans on Thursday nights and whatever. Action, Um, baby. (laughs) Right. Uh, But it's just one of those things where it's like just when Texas and Oklahoma went to join the SEC, they opened Pandora's box and they really started it. Because it was like Rutgers and Maryland joining the Big Ten. Eh, okay. They're not very good. It's like, oh, okay. All right, fine. But but now you got Oklahoma, Texas, USC, UCLA, and then Notre Dame is just kind of lurking. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. You got any other thoughts on, uh, on college?
0: You think the people that in 1895, the men at the Palmer House in Chicago that created the Big Ten are rolling in their graves right now? Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably. Where, all, all right. For the football. All
1: right. Where do you want to go next? You want to go baseball? You want to go basketball? You want to go to the Bears? You want to give me uh, your fastest 30 seconds on the Blackhawks' new coach? Oh, what do you want to do?
0: They hi- oh, I got, I'll do the fastest 30 seconds. Actually, it might all go right. a little bit faster. Oh, uh, they right. hired a new coach. They basically did not really tweet about it. They didn't really do anything. They had this press conference that really nobody was invited to on Michigan Avenue, I believe, and he's being introduced around the city, and no one really knows who he is. There you go. Blackhawks have a new coach, and they're going to sell the team. Hashtag analysis. All right, let's move on
1: to baseball. A lot to get to with baseball. Uh, The team on the south side of Chicago, the White Sox, they find themselves in third place, and they've had quite the disappointing season. A lot of uh, people picked them to win the World Series this year. They thought Last year was kind of like the Cubs in 2015, kind of just like their coming out party. Or maybe it was the 2020 White Sox team in the 60-game sprint. But, Josh, I'll just give you the floor.
0: What the hell's going on? All right, you know that song by Elton John and Kiki D? Yeah. Don't go breaking my heart. Yeah. Yeah, they break my heart every single night. Don't go breaking my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't if I tried. Yeah, that one. Oh, they do, and they are trying to. I, I'm one of those fans that likes to believe that something big is going to turn around. And there's these games where, okay, that looks like it's going to be the turnaround game. They came back. They beat the Blue Jays. They were down two runs, nobody on, two outs in the bottom of the ninth. They come back, win. All right, look at that. We're 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 coming. We're we're coming to be something now. And then you lose three or four to the gosh darn Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles had a better record than you at one point in that series in late mid to late June. Actually, it was late June. It wasn't mid-June anymore. It, it, it makes no sense. It, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't. Because we have guys that should not be playing the outfield. We have first basemen's playing the outfield who are giving up runs. And then you have a guy named Leary Garcia who is getting at bats in valuable situations here. And the manager defending it saying, Oh, look at you see his at bats today. Yeah, I saw He's him. It, was, great. it was a great season? one for three with a walk. Fantastic. But I look at uh, the day before that and the month before that and the week before that and the years before that. And this guy sucks. He sucks. And we have this manager who's literally derping around because he can't get fired. Derp, 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 he can't derp, get fired. Derp, 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 derp. He literally will not, cannot, and he knows that. He knows that whatever he does, it started from day one, day one of the Tony La Russa era. The next that he got hired, the next day, it came out that he was in a D, he had a DUI. And he's a hall of fame baseball person. What did the Sox say? Yeah, we knew about it. We're just still going to hire this 80 year old man, 78 or so, 78, 78 year old man. I believe at the time to, to run our baseball team in the year 2022 where the team's slogan is changed the game. It should Here's, be changed the channel now. Shit. Uh, ch- 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 you uh, really
1: changed the game by intentionally walking uh, Trey Turner but a no, one ball, two strike count. That was good.
0: Okay, that, I have a quick really story changed. about that. Uh-oh. So I was at that game. I think it was a Wednesday? <laughs> I was in Florida. Yeah. It was a Wednesday, yes. It was a Wednesday afternoon away, game. Dad. My dad and I decided to go. And uh, it was a very hot day. So, you know, it was ice cream time. And I don't know if you've been or anybody that listens or still listening at this point. Has been to the Sox game in, this year, but the magic cones in left field, or the rainbow cones, not the magic cones. They are magical, though. Uh, very, very good. It was a decent line. And I hear some boos, and then I hear, oh, uh, and I look up, and it's a home run. Okay. I come back, and my dad is just fuming. What are we fuming about? He walked the guy one, two, with two uh, what the hell are you doing, walking a guy with a ball and two strikes? Oh, lefty, lefty. Do we not know Sosa's splits? He's better against right-handed hitters, not left-handed hitters. How about Sosa, not Sosa? Same thing. Okay, I still love him. You gotta love Sosa. But, I mean, you lost my train of thought. Come on now. Ah. Uh, hmm. But basically, we can't have a guy who basically looks dead in the dugout running a team. You see him, he's he's just looking off into space. There's so many better options. And think about the teams that have fired their managers so far. You've had the Angels and Phillies. The Phillies started playing crazy good ball right after they fired Joe Girardi. And the Angels started brawling with Phil Nevin as their manager. So they're fighting for something, no pun intended, but they they, they feel like there's a change. A change is imminent, but Rick Hahn has his hands tied by Jerry Reinsdorf, an 82-year-old man, I believe, 84, sorry, 84-year-old man who won't give up a team until he dies, even though he knows... That after he dies, he already told his son, Michael, to sell the team. Why not sell it now? Because all he's doing is playing for second place every year. And he's content with that. Oh, it means we tried. Second place, second place. It's okay, because then you know there's next year. At some point, there is no next year. You got the worst training staff in baseball, it seems like. You got probably the worst manager in baseball. And people – and they're saying, oh, keep showing up. Like, it it worked with the Bulls, with Jim Boylan a little bit. It worked with the Bears. It's not going to work with the White Sox, with the fired Tony Chance, unfortunately. And that's where I'm struggling. And I'll
1: push back on one of your, your earlier points on Rick Hahn being hamstrung because I think he's just as much to blame for this, this White Sox season um just as much as Tony Lurs, but I'll get to that in a second. Yeah you're you're right with Tony Lurs. he's not gonna get fired. It'll be like if Tony if Tony stops managing the White Sox it because you know he, he's had enough. Yeah he's gonna walk away on his own. Jerry is going to give him the full uh latitude or is it longitude? Whatever um the full changes amount
0: to changes in attitude sorry okay. go ahead all right um enough of that uh, <laughs> um, jimmy buffett time yeah yeah well he's gonna
1: you know tony, jerry's gonna allow tony to walk away on his own he's he's not gonna let Han fire but here's where i will push back in the white Sox find themselves in third place at 35 and 39 with a minus 48 run differential they five-and-a-half back of the Twins for the division, four-and-a-half back of the second wildcard spot. But I think this is just as much Rick Hahn's fault as Tony's fault. You went into a season with Gavin Sheets as your sole left-handed power bat. There was Jacques Peterson. There was Kyle Schwarber. Both players who have the White Sox had some degree of interest in the past. But, Josh, I don't know if you heard Rick Hahn on the uh, White Sox radio flagship ESPN 1000 with Cap and Jay Hood, but because Cap asked him some question about about not having any left-handed power. So Rick Hahn gives you pretty much, you know, GM speak or however you want to say it. And then he says, well, there's a left-handed hitter we were interested in who's out for the season. That player is Michael Conforto, okay? But you cannot tell me that Michael Conforto was the only left-handed bat that you had any degree of interest in. Kyle Schwarber has hit 21 home runs. Jock Peterson is lighting it up in San Francisco. Schwarber cost four for 80 I think Jacques was I think it was a one year 12 million dollar deal in San Francisco something like very minimal like that but instead he chose to sign Larry Garcia to an extension just to have him play meaningful innings and meaningful outs with meaningful at-bats just to do nothing you signed Vince Velasquez to be your fifth starter. He is now in the bullpen. You, you signed Joe Kelly, who really hasn't pitched well. He's been hurt and he hasn't pitched well. That's eight and a half million dollars you could have put toward Jock Peterson. You got Kendall Graveman. He's been he's been all right in the in the certain roles he's been asked. Eight, yeah, I think it was three years, $24 million, $8 million a deal. Would I have spent 20, uh, $8 million a deal on Kendall Graveman? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Like, I, I'm fine with it. But you cannot possibly tell me that for a team that lost in the ALDS to the Houston Astros, you no White Sox fan can prove to me that Larry, Vince Velasquez, Graveman, Joe Kelly, Josh Harrison, made this White Sox team better. And people are putting them in the World Series. But you cannot tell me that this White Sox team is better than the team that played the Astros last year. They did not get better. When your best free agent signing this offseason was Johnny Cueto, and you signed him in spring training or the first couple weeks of the season, that's a problem. So that's why I think Rick Tony LaRussa is just a convenient scapegoat/slash punching bag for White Sox Twitter. But and and he's just he's he's just running blocker for Rick Hahn right. Because Rick Hahn, I like I think Rick Hahn is a very good GM. Like he did a nice job of getting this nice young core for the White Sox, but he has yet to really supplement it with free agents, and that's a problem.
0: Yeah, I I just can't fathom anything that the, this team has done. It's every off season now. It's, it's 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 high hopes. It started in 2019 with Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Their 2018 2019 off season. It started with that. Where oh, we're gonna be in play for them. We're going to make an offer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, didn't get either. I, Last wish I
1: wish I had my sunglasses so I could do the Kenny Williams. I'm wearing my sunglasses so you guys can't see the shock on my face when that in yeah. on my shadow
0: And basically, so that, and then we uh, – we what was that the year? That wasn't the – okay. The next year, we're in play for all these great right fielders. What do we end up with? Nomar Mazzara. Because he had a 500-something foot bomb off Ronaldo Lopez in 2019. Wasn't okay, it, so uh,
1: Wasn't it Mazzara and Adam Eaton? It was Eaton last year. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry.
0: Don't don't sorry. steal thunder here, man. Sorry. I thought then, they were the same year. So, here sorry. we are in the 2020 season, 2020, 2021 season, 2020-2021 season, And, oh, we're going to get a right fielder. We're going to get someone good. Uh-uh, we're getting spanky. We're getting out of meeting. Familiar that faces. Just, that is that is our that's our guy right there, a clubhouse cancer. He's back. That's exactly who we need in right field. So he didn't even last the whole year, didn't he? He didn't got DFA. I at think midway he only through. lasted to Ju- Ju- July, June or July. So. It, and then Conforto. Oh, we're gonna get Conforto. Honestly, I like the Pollock move though. I'm sorry. I like the Pollock move. He got hot, he's cooling down a little bit, but he's still a veteran presence. That he, he's probably the best right fielder since Avi Garcia, though. Yeah. Think I'm, about it. See, I I
1: I I go back and forth between the Kimbrel for Pollock trade straight up. Because it's like. You had Kimbrell. Tony didn't want to use a Hall of Fame closer because he felt like he owed something to Liam Hendricks. So you trade Kimbrell to the Dodgers. You get A.J. Pollock. But but here's the problem I have with, with Rick Hahn, too. Why did they trade for A.J. Pollock? Rick Hahn justified it as because A.J. Pollock has reverse splits. He's really good at hitting righties. You know, it's very stereotypical in, or I'll just say that, in baseball nowadays that lefties hit righties, right? That's basically lefty power hits righties. What did this White Sox team not have last year? Left-handed power. So instead of going out and spending Jerry's money, which was it there, was it not there, we'll never really know, to go get a Jacques Peterson, to go get a Kyle Schwart. You traded Craig Kimbrell, a Hall of Fame closer, and got a right-handed hitter who's relatively injured, who's got reverse splits. <laughs> like it's like, just like, a sad Like, What is sleep. that? What
0: is that? How does that make sense? Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> just enjoy the ride, Nick. Okay, so I am
1: so Josh. I want you to rank these three things. I have three items or people or persons to blame for the White Sox. I want you to rank them number one from most to blame and number three least to blame, but they still deserve blame. Okay. You ready for this?
0: Reinsdorf, Larusa
1: Han. Okay, four. Four. Okay, there's four. I forgot about you. Tony? Rick Hahn, Jerry Reinsdorf, or the injuries. What is most to blame for this White Sox season?
0: You're saying least to most or most to least?
1: Most to least. What is most to blame from one to four?
0: Reinsdorf, Hahn. Or sorry, Reinsdorf, Larusa, Hahn, injuries. Injuries? Okay. The injuries, like I, or oh, sorry, I the training staff's also a joke. But that goes underneath Han. I
1: don't, I don't understand how, how can a team have this many soft tissue injuries in two years? Like I just don't understand, dude. I've never, okay, I've never once heard. Uh, did you hear Tony in a presser? I want to say it was last week when he said he had six guys in the starting lineup who are under explicit instructions from the training staff that if you make a routine out, they could break if they bust it down to first base for a hard night. I've never heard that before. I've never heard. Oh, I've never heard of a team. Like you don't even like I expect to hear this in hockey or basketball, but no in baseball with the White Sox. This team has tired legs. Josh, do you have tired legs?
0: Actually, my legs are pretty tired right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty tired. I'm, I've worked a ton these past, like, three weeks. So, like, it's starting to, it's starting to wear and tear. I'm taking, like, a little four-day vacation Is Sox- break. Yeah. Does this White Sox team not stretch? Josh, when
1: you go to Sox games, do you watch them stretch? Do they stretch? They're out there for maybe ten minutes. Okay,
0: so they don't stretch. All right. No. And think about, like, <laughs> if they stretch on the field during batting practice – What's that, two hours before the game? Yeah.
1: And then they go jump in the hot tub or whatever they got, you know.
0: Go get some food? I don't know.
1: Right. Okay. So where does this White Sox team go from here? They're in third place. Let's. Do you have any confidence this White Sox team will make the postseason? Because I do not. Because every chance they've had to, you know, they've had a game here, an extra inning affair, a comeback win, a good start. Whereas, like, this could be a jumping-off point for this team. It just hasn't. That's why I have zero confidence in the White Sox to make the postseason. What says
0: you? July 17th. I'm going to just keep saying it. I've, I've, I've been saying it. I'm still, for a little bit longer, I'm believing it. Today's July 1st, Nick. The White Sox have seven games against the Twins, four games against the Guardians, games against the Tigers. That's a make-or-break-the-season type stretch right there. From July 4th to July 17th, it's all AL Central teams. That's that's a make-or-break.
1: The Guardians, uh, Indians, Guardians, whatever you want to call them, they just played the Twins. They were beating up on each other. The White Sox had a primal opportunity to You know, gain some momentum in the division game, gain, get another leg up on both teams. Just make the race closer. What do they do? They drop three of four to the Orioles and they drop two of three to the Angels. I mean, if the other teams beat up on each other and you can't capitalize, I I just don't know what to say. Josh, I I want to ask you. Yeah, I just want to ask you one thing, and this is more of a bigger-picture question. With Yoan Moncada and Eloy Jimenez, I'm of the belief Rick Hahn needs to trade one, one of them this offseason. You need to shake things up. You cannot run the same team back. You can't run it back next year. You can't do that. So you need to trade Mankata or Eloy. That's my belief. Which one would you rather trade or would you rather them stay and trade somebody else?
0: Uh, Eloy. Eloy. It's going to pain me because I just know it's coming because uh, I have his jersey and everybody's jersey I have gets traded.
1: Oh, yeah. I got a John Lester. I got a Chris Bryan. I got a Kyle Fulbright. I got a Rizzo. I got a, yeah. Last July was rough.
0: It's a lot of money for you. uh, What do you do for a living?
1: I I coach baseball and I umpire. I like fun. It it is fun. Yeah. (laughs) It it is fun. Except when you're driving down to Joliet at six o'clock in the morning for an eight o'clock first pitch. That is not fun.
0: Um, Sounds like a lot of fun to me.
1: All right. So, all right, let's move on. Let's go to the Cubs. The Cubs... Frankly, at points this season, they've been an embarrassment to watch. You said the White Sox instead of change the game, it's changed the channel for the Cubs and the Marquee Network. It's not like at some points it's like don't even hold the channel. It. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't even turn on the channel. Go back um, to DC
0: Sports Chicago.
1: Right, and it's one of those things where, as a Cubs fan. You are trying so hard to watch the Cubs. But at points this year, it is so freaking difficult. If I have to see Jason Hayward get another at-bat this season, I am going to lose my mind. The Cubs... You know, they traded their core. They traded for a bunch of young, really good prospects. I think looking back on this, their trade deadline last year, even though it was as heartbreaking as it was, those were all the right moves. And I think all of those returns in prospects, I think those will all pan out at some point in time or another. Tom Ricketts. He has not spoken to the media or met the media or faced the music in almost like two years. I think I think it, it was pre COVID was, was the last time he spoke to the media. Uh, come on. If you're going to put, if you think you, the Wrigley field experience is one of the most expensive experiences in all of baseball for tickets, for concessions, for beer, It's one of the most expensive experiences in all of sports and baseball. And you run out a team with Jonathan VR and Andrelton Simmons and Jason Hayward. Come on now. You cannot possibly tell me. Like what, what, I'm having a hard, like I understand this is part of a read. I completely understand that. But you're not even giving David Ross a competitive team. Say a Suzuki was your big splash. Like, I'm fine with that. I think say is going to be a good player. He's hurt right now. He should be back next week. But you signed Marcus Stroman. You've you signed Drew Smiley. You claimed Wade Miley. Those were your three big pitching. moves. Josh, how many starts do you think those three pitchers have combined for through about 80 games?
0: I'm trying to think about this.
1: Stroman, Miley, and Smiley. 17. They have played, the Cubs have played 76 games. Marcus Stroman, Drew Smiley, and Wade Miley have combined for 22 starts.
0: Dang it, I was close.
1: You were close.
0: They've combined for
1: 22 starts. That's why the Cubs are bad. All the money they've spent, the money they spent on pitching, they haven't even pitched. They haven't pitched. And when they've pitched, Miley's the only one who's been kind of decent. Strowman's had like one good start. And, you know, Hendricks has been up and down. Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele are pretty much anchoring the Cubs rotation right now. So it, I think this will be the last trade deadline where it's like the Cubs will actually sell. But this offseason – I want them to basically walk up to Aaron judge or Trey Turner with a blank check, fill it in. That's what the Cubs need to do. Cause I, I don't want to see Jason Hayward. I loved him for what he did in 16, eight years, 184 million, $184 million. Not something I need to see. Not something I need to see anymore. Christopher Morrell. He's a fun, exciting player to watch. Patrick Wisdom, uh, Frank Schwindel, Wilson Contreras is having his best career season in a walk here. The Cubs haven't even had, had extension talks. Extension talks with Wilson Contreras. I mean, come on now. Like, how do you not circle back? It's like, you cannot find, it's hard to find a good offensive catcher with very average defense. And especially if robo-umps are are coming, you know, framing and all those defensive metrics will kind of go out the window. But it's like, how have you not extended Wilson Contreras? How have you not extended Ian Happ? It is hard. The Cubs, it is hard to figure out what Jed and Carter Hawkins, their general manager, are doing. Like, I understand this is a rebuild. But you sign Clint Frazier as a reclamation project, and then you give it on a one-year prove-it deal, and then you give him 45 at-bats to kind of prove it. That I, that I don't understand. But yet, instead of you know seeing what Clint Frazier can do, we're watching Jason Hayward take more at-bats. I don't understand. So in terms of trade candidates to look for this year, David Robertson, gone. Michael Givens, probably gone. Chris Martin, potentially gone. Kyle Hendricks, I bet if the offer is there, nobody is untouchable on this Cubs team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs traded Kyle Hendricks. Wilson Contreras. And Josh, I'd like your thoughts on this. Do you think Wilson Contreras would get traded? Like, I think he will, but I think part of the reason he won't is because it's hard to get a catcher up to speed with a major league pitching staff midway through a season, especially in a sprint to get to the postseason.
0: Yeah, you just don't see it very often. You don't see a uh, DH, really, or not DH, a catcher. I don't even know. Like, th- I'm thinking about like previous trade deadlines. I haven't. I don't right. really remember catch like being all the catchers
1: with. that that have been traded are all backups. Like yeah. Martín Maldonado, Yan Gomes. Yeah. Like, like those are all like your backup. Um, I'm trying to think of what the guy was. A uh, Rene Rivera. Uh, there's another one. Uh, Austin Romine. There's an Andrew. I don't know. Like those are the kind of. Like those veteran catchers, those you know, veteran leadership, um, looking for postseason experience, just a trusted backup catcher. That's where you acquire him. But you don't find a starting catcher. And I mean, so you, so he says he's a catcher, but he probably won't be catching. You trade for his bat more than you trade for for anything, really. Yeah. It's like Wilson Contreras is having a really good offensive season. You can't expect him to reacquaint to acquaint himself with a new pitching staff new coaching staff new players new teammates as a catcher which is maybe one of the most important positions or maybe the most important position in all of baseball and it's just one of those things as a cubs fan it's hard to figure out where the cubs are going
0: do you use them as like a rental like kind of dh type if you want, like, if you if you lack the DH, like an NL team doesn't really have a DH yet, like a, a certified DH like AL teams had. Do you, do you have, like, a team that has a solid catcher that, that has the ropes of the staff and you use Contreras as a DH and a guy that can catch every once in a while? Yeah. But, like yeah. – But then you're wasting him. Yeah. You're, you're giving that... up all these picks just to waste them.
1: Right. And I think the Cubs will be active in the trade market. And selling, But I also think if there is an Eric Hosmer slash Blake Snell package that San Diego is trying to offload because they don't want to pay the luxury tax, I fully expect the Cubs to be in them. Yeah. Because, like, Blake Snell, okay, making $12 million, still got, like, one more year left. You're going to need pitching. So why not start with Blake Snell? Your manager is not Kevin Cash. You know, it's just it's hard to find a direction. Like the Cubs have been unwatchable. Like they're giving up ten plus runs to the freaking Pirates. Like to the Pirates. Yeah. It's like they, they can't. Like I just don't understand. Whatever. All right. Do you have any Cubs thoughts? All right. I'm done. Nope. Nope. All right. All right. Let's go to the Bulls. Free basketball uh, or nba free agency started yesterday at 5 p.m central uh, this morning Sharania of the athletic and stadium is reporting that the bulls have signed zach levine to a five-year 215.2 million dollars max contract the bulls also signed andre drummond to a two year, $6.6 million contract with year two being a player option. Uh, so, Josh, you know, this Bulls team, uh, very disappointing uh, second half of the season last year. Um, you know, lots of injuries. But I want to get, st- I want to focus on Zach Levine. Is Zach Levine a max player? Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Next question. Or-
1: all right, we're in agreement. All right, I thought that was going to be a little bit more of a debate. But all right, next. Nope. Um, Injuries. Okay, so, you know, Kevin Durant, one of the greatest basketball players of all times, one of the greatest shooters of all times, requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Should the Bulls have
0: interest, Josh? I was talking about this with someone yesterday when the news came out. You willing to give up at least Vucevic, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and two to three picks, first round, second round picks, in order to get one player? Mm. Depending on who you are, you could say, yeah. You could say, what, three years left of Kevin Durant? Worth that? Yeah. But another person said, Do you want to do you wanna get rid of Pat Will, who has a bright future? If for Kevin Durant, who yes, he's still playing his best ball, but are you really going to trust him for three years? He's not going to die. He's not going to go downhill. Yeah, here's where,
1: here's where I'm at with the Kevin Durant thing. I want the Bulls to be all in on KD because you can't tell me. So the Hawks made a move trading uh, for uh, Murray um, from San Antonio. The Celtics, the Bucks, uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, not anymore. But there is at least three, the four teams um, that are better than the Bulls right now. And, I don't know if the Bulls had a really good first half of the season last year. They are really fun to watch. The Bulls were actually watchable. But you can't tell – like, is running it back the right move with with this team, Josh? There are so many
0: holes, so many holes. I know Andre Drummond, but Andre Drummond can't be the answer to be the five. I, I was really, in. A, so I got in, a, not, not, not in an argument per se, but with someone, I would much rather have Rudy Gobert over Kevin Durant. Yes. Yes, Nick. I want, I want a defensive player, a defensive big man. Vooch was not cutting it defensively. He's softer than ultra, Charmin Ultra Soft. He, he, he doesn't go in and go, go get the hard points in the paint. Rudy Gobert would be that guy that can muscle you. I'll muscle you. I'll I'll, phys, I'll I'll be more physical than you, and and be he's the defensive player of the year. And you just need you need that guy because this team was giving up 140 points a game. Yeah, like if it came down to a trade,
1: so so let's just do this. If the trade package were Vooch. Toby White, Patrick Williams, and picks. Would you rather trade that package for Kevin Durant or Rudy Gobert?
0: I think that's more valuable to Kevin Durant. I would say,
1: I, I, I throw, I throw that at Kevin Durant. I'd want Kevin Durant if I had to give up three first round picks. But I want a defensive big
0: man. I want a defensive big man because that's what we lack this year.
1: Yeah. And
0: Tristan Thompson is fine. Not anything. It was fine. a 40-year-old he was, defensive big but man. But he
1: wasn't the answer. He was fine, though. He had a good veteran fine. presence. Right. But he wasn't the answer. Yes. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I understand that AK and Mark Eversley need to run it back. Because they re- – like, honestly, I don't know what this Bulls team is. Like, there was – I don't know what this Bulls team is simply because they couldn't stay healthy last year. I still have questions about Zach and Lonzo's needs. Like, I still have questions of if they can play 82-plus games. Like, I understand they don't play all 82, but I'm saying postseason games Cleveland. I still have questions about that. Caruso, I think he averages 50 games a season. Alonzo, I think, is about 50. Zach, I think, is about 54 and a half, give or take. You have Kobe. You have Io. They had that guy they just drafted. Terry. What, oh, what's that guy? Oh, I'm blanking. Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry. Thank you. Terry, right? You got Io, Kobe, uh, whatever. Kobe White, whatever. Vooch. I think Vooch, Vooch can work if he doesn't have to play center. Mm-hmm.
0: Vooch,
1: he'd be a big, he'd be a big four. Yeah. That's, that's what he is. He's a stretch four is what he is. That's what Vooch is. Every time I saw Vooch take a three point shot and it didn't go in, I just got mad. I just got mad, but it's like, whatever, shooter, shoot, whatever. But like, I, I understand how AK and Eversley need to run it back because you don't know what this bulls team is. Like, we see the holes, but we've never – like, they've played – like, the true starting lineup played all of, like, 48 minutes last year. Yeah. So, it's hard to figure out what this Bulls team is, and I understand people wanting to make drastic improvements, but how do you improve based on – it's a hard question to answer. How do you improve when you don't really know what you have?
0: Yeah. You Can't exactly. You and, really can't, and,
1: and and that's one of the and the, and that's where I think AK and Eversley find themselves. It's that game of, do we do we drastically shake things up? Do we run it back? Because like we we think we know what this Bulls team is. We think we saw it in the first in the first month, two months of the season last year. We thought we knew what they were, but. I, I'm just not sure. The Bulls were fun to watch, but then you know they, you know the, you know they they were what, 0 17 against the top three teams in the East last year, or top three teams in yeah. both conferences, like 0 yeah. 18, something like that. I, I don't
0: like know. the White Sox. It's Reinsdorf, man.
1: Yeah. Well, it was funny. So they signed Zach for five years, two fifteen. That is the first $100 million-plus contract that Jerry Reinsdorf has ever given out, basketball and baseball. And it was for over $200 million.
0: Do it for baseball,
1: jerk. Uh, no, you, 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 uh, do you not uh, enjoy, uh, you know, Yasmani Grandal's uh, four for 72 or 76 or whatever it was? I thought it was four for 84. I think it might have had incentives. I thought it was in the 70s, though.
0: Oh, it was four for 72. You're right. Yeah.
1: Cause yeah like- four for
0: 72 or four for 82 or something like that.
1: Yeah, because it was like 18 per.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah but like, that makes sense.
1: It's like, how does that how does not happen? Like, how does this Playing not happen? Like,
0: small market ball in a big market. It's Tom Rickett's motto. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> the most expensive baseball experience or just sports experience in all of American sports and then you run out a team that gives up 12 runs to the Pirates.
0: Like, come on. $30 for nachos and a beer. Unreal.
1: Yeah, and nachos are, what, 17 of those dollars? (laughs) You get a little bit of cheese. Yeah. Just a little bit. I'm going to uh, uh, Cubs Brewers on the 4th in Milwaukee, so I'm excited to see how many uh, Brewers fans actually show up. They don't show up. I know, that was the joke.
0: They're going to roll out the barrel, though. Screw the barrel. Good song.
1: Well, Josh, uh, this was a good pod. Covered a little bit of everything from uh, coast to coast, literally. Like the Big Ten now. Like the Big Ten. Atlantic to Pacific. Oh, Kevin Warren's going to make you get in it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know Kevin Warren was in London? Did you see that? He, like when all of this came out yesterday. He wasn't. He was in London, like meeting with like biz, potential business partners and stuff.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, That's exactly I, what I want to hear.
1: If I can find that tweet, I'll send it to you. But it's like it's like, and then it was like, yeah, it's like, yeah, USC, UCLA, they're entering the Big Ten starting in twenty twenty four. Oh, and by the way, Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, is making all this happen in London
0: <laughs> because Glo- globular. Or, Sports. Big 10 is globular. globular. <laughs> is. That's a word.
1: All right. Well, well, that was a good pod. It was uh, good to get back. Got to, gotta, you know, get the stamina back up to the uh, the pod. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we will probably drop a, uh, a trade deadline uh, podcast for baseball eventually. Uh, we also need to uh, go through the Bears schedule. Are the Bears a, a bad team? Are they yes. the worst team in the NFL? Yes. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose. That, of,
0: that defeats the next episode.
1: All right. But it's all right. Whatever. Whatever. We're back. Thank you to all three people who listened to this. For Josh Pose, I'm Nick Palazzola. Thank you for listening to this. Have a safe 4th of July. Don't blow your fingers off with any fireworks. Thanks for listening.
0: Put it in reverse, oh. Terry.